Good morning, everyone. How are you feeling today? Now, it's a Sunday morning, and I hope that I catch you in a good mood. All right? Now, even if some of you are not in the so-called good mood, right? I hope that today's sermon will speak to you, that, it will, that you have much to look forward to. Not just today, but for many more days ahead. So it's something to be happy about. So please join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts and minds to listen to God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us promises which we can place our hope and trust in. Lead us this day to find joy in your presence so that there's always something positive to look forward to every day. Help us this day to listen to your word so that we may look at things, people and situations according to your perspectives. Prepare our hearts to respond to you as you speak to us here. May the words from my mouth and the meditation of our minds and hearts be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now the title for today's sermon is Leaving the Past to Embrace the Future. The passage reading for today is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Can I have the slide, please? Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. And I quote, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, what happened in the past two years was not what we would wish to continue for this year. All of us were afraid of COVID-19. Not a single one was spared. We did not visit crowded places. We avoided going out as much as possible. Cinemas, malls, offices, factories, schools and airports were closed or at best not fully open. We were putting on weight because of lack of exercise. And then we decided that we should lose weight and we do more exercise after that, right? Or we are losing weight because of the... the you know, the, the negative effects of mental wellness and stress due to working at home and online learning. Now, these were memories that we cannot forget, yet we do not wish to remember in this year. Now, somewhat we were in this waiting game with occasional improvements and the cycle of lockdowns and lifting of lockdowns happened time and again, not just in Indonesia, but in other parts of the world. Our life was almost like being in a standstill for these two years. Each year, we hope that the new year will be better. But the scary part is this, and that we have come to know after two years of experience. The scary part is, COVID will stay and will not go away completely. 
So our meditation on Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14 will help, us to, will help to encourage us to move forward in these uncertain and worrying times. Let us meditate on the passage under three sections. Next slide, please. First, forgetting what lies behind. Second, straining forward to what lies ahead. Third, press on towards the goal to win the prize. Now, forgetting what lies behind. In the 13th verse of Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes that he's forgetting what lies behind. The expression, forgetting what lies behind, has a definite reference to the past life of Paul. Now, forgetting the past has different possibilities for Apostle Paul. Next slide, please. Now, one possibility is to think of getting rid of his past successes and achievement, which he was most proud of. In the earlier verses, from verse 4 to 6, as you can see on the screen, Paul wrote, If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. So before Paul knew Christ personally, he took pride in his status in the society, his achievements, his popularity, his force of persecuting the church and dragging Christians to courts. In fact, Paul was also an active participant in stoning the remarkable Stephen to death. One of the chief things Paul speaks about forgetting the past was to forget his achievement and his successes. This is the most difficult practice for any one of us to follow because we have a tendency to harp on past successes and refuse to let go. So we kept telling ourselves, if it works in the past, why is it not working now? Okay. Now, next slide. The second possibility is to forget his past sins and failures and mistakes which Paul was convinced after his true conversion. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul wrote, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. As an apostle, Paul was sure about the forgiveness of the gracious Lord, which changed the directions of Paul's life and led him to run a new race. He was amply clear about the grace of God that is readily available to anyone who turns to God. So, he knows that his sins are forgiven. He knows that his failures are not meant to hinder him because our God is gracious, forgiving, and God will enable him to do far more than what he has failed or sinned in the past. Now, the third possibility, as you can see on the screen, is to forget the past misfortunes and obstacles that Paul faced. These bad experiences most likely had physically, emotionally, and mentally troubled and discouraged and disturbed Paul. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 28, Paul wrote, it's going to be a long passage, but I'll read. I have worked much harder, being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger of, in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and had often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concerns for all the churches. Paul did not act victim to bad circumstances and he did not wallow in self-pity. Nor did he resign himself to fate or to wicked people or to bad luck and circumstances. In fact, for Christ's sake, Paul did not give in to weaknesses, nor insults, nor hardships, nor persecution, nor difficulties. He did not let all these bad experiences trouble him to the extent that he could not move on. So if there's a pandemic during Paul's time, Paul will not let pandemic hinder him at all. He will continue to move on. So, next slide, please. So, Paul made effort to forget the past, which included his past successes, his past mistakes or failures, and his past misfortunes and obstacles. I would like to pause for a while to ask you, all of us here, which of these three you can identify that is or are weighing you down, that you find it difficult to let go? And you're troubled time and again, especially now in pandemic time. Some of you may have more than one which you struggle with and they are hindering you from progressing in your life. However, it is humanly impractical or impossible to erase all the past memories, both good and bad, or positive and negative. Forgetting simply means not to have remembrance of something. And it's practically very hard to do so. It is easier said than done, right? Especially if they are, these are the pains and hurts in the past. These are painful thoughts that are not easy to forget. So what did Paul mean when he mentioned forget the past when practically it is close to impossible to do it. I would suggest this. If we really cannot forget, then at the most, what we can do is not to stay in the past. We must generate the ability to move forward amidst the past. Maybe I repeat myself again. If we really cannot forget, but then at the most, we can do is not to stay in the past. We need to garner the energy to move away from the past hurts, pains, 
failures and even past successes and to generate the ability to move forward. Then you may ask me, how to do it? How not to stay in the past? This brings us to the next section on straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, how Paul was able to overcome the drawbacks from the past is to think about the future possibilities. He therefore is able to move forward to Jesus Christ as his goal in life, the present and the future. He compares this new conviction to a runner in a race which keeps running without turning back. Do not look back. Another popular illustration is that the one who keeps the hand on the plough should not turn back. People who look backwards keep on worrying about the past and forget that there is a hopeful future. They often fall prey to failure or defeat. As you can see on the screen, I remember a friend of mine who dropped the baton in a 4 times 100 meters relay race because he kept looking back to see if his teammate would pass the baton to him properly. Like what you see on the screen, the picture on the left. So the thing is this, that the coach scolded him very badly that day because the, the team has practiced for a year and they were so experienced in passing the baton that this should not be his worry at all in the actual race. The runner's concern should be to look ahead and focus on harnessing all the energy to dash forward once he received the baton and not to look back. Then I remember another friend of mine who tripped and fell in a long-distance race, like what you see in the other photograph on the screen. Actually, he was leading in that race, but he kept looking back. For what? To see if his other competitors are near to him. And then he tripped and fell. He should not worry about what was happening behind him. Instead, as a runner, he should have focused on what was ahead and run the race well. Now, we cannot completely forget the past, but we should not keep looking back and worry or get discouraged. Instead, we can choose to believe that there is hope in the future because there is more to life which Christ has promised to us. Then we can move forward to the hopeful future and not stay in the past. The important point is that we do not allow the past to dominate and have control over our future possibilities. So how to forget the past? How not to stay in the past? I repeat, the important point is that we do not allow the past to dominate and have control over our future hopeful possibilities. Last year was a terrible year for many all over the world. People have suffered heavy losses, lost dear ones, underwent suffering beyond expectation, sickness, failure and mistakes in studies and jobs, problems in school, problems in relationships, and many question 
even on our own spiritual pilgrimage. At the same time, there could have been success stories and pleasant memories as well. But Paul says that, that we have to forget the past, whether failure or success, because the future can be more promising. He is always concerned with the past controlling the future hope. All of us have to move forward irrespective of what happened in the past year. Then we may face with another problem, as I observe, and it's happening among us. Some of us would think, okay, okay, Lee, good. We would not look back or worry or be hindered by the past. After this being done, can we then just wait for the situations to improve? Can we simply do the waiting game? Just sit on the fence and wait for bad things to stop and then it'll be easier for us to move forward. It sounds logical, right? That means we'll wait for bad things to stop and then it'll be easier for us to move forward. Therefore, we wait. Now, I, I remember telling my wife that all my dreams were in black and white when I was young. I'm not sure whether any one of you, you know, have this experience. Your dreams are in black and white. Anyone? No one. Wow. Okay. For whatever reasons, I do not know. No color in my dreams at all. The birthday celebration and happy moments in my dreams when I was young were all black and white without color. But ever since my wife came into my life, all my dreams are now in color. <laughs> it's true, huh? Yeah, so, you know, it's like, ever since my wife came into my life, he has brightened my life. This is a good, sweet nothing that husband should learn to tell his wife, yeah? <laughs> and of course, my wife chooses to believe what I told her and she's very happy until today, all right? See, many of us are just waiting for the right person to come into our life or the right opportunity to come before we think that we can progress in our spiritual pursuit. Some of us are waiting for that special person or waiting for God to work miracles to turn our grey or black and white world into one that's filled with colours. Currently, I wonder how many of us feel discouraged because of the pandemic. And we are just waiting for it to be over, then we can grow spiritually. Let's see what Paul has to say about this concerning the waiting game. The interesting point to note in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 is that Paul was not waiting at all. In fact, not only he did not stop and wait, Paul put in extra effort than normal to strain forward. Paul was not like conveniently moving forward, you know. He was not like wait and see whether his mood or the weather is good. Just like how I asked you this morning at the start of the, my, my um, sermon, whether you're in a good mood or not. Paul was not like taking easy steps, like taking a leisure walk in the park, slow, easy and relaxing, just progressing a little bit at a time. Instead, he was making great effort to stretch forward, 
like a competitive runner, which means moving with strain or moving forward beyond normal movement. Amazing, right? How many of us are like Paul? Including me, I, I, I would choose to wait for things to happen than to make an effort to strain forward even when times are bad. It requires deliberate actions. Again, Paul was not referring only to our earthly obligations, like how we handle our work or even um, work as well as home responsibilities. But also Paul is actually referring to our upward spiritual growth. God's people cannot claim that they have reached perfection. Such a thought will lead to saturation and stagnation. So we should not just forget what is behind us and then sit and wait for things to get better. We need to be like Paul, who made the extra effort than normal to strain forward. The purpose for not staying in the past, and hence we should strain forward, is that we should better ourselves and make our life better than before because we tell ourselves that we have a hopeful future. Again, it's easier said than done, right? So, what is the future possibilities that will motivate us to move forward, especially some of us here who are still waiting? What is the catch? What is the price that we would be attracted to pursue and not stay in where we are? What exactly would actually bring us out from our comfort zone and say there's something out there that is even better than what we are having now and that we will go for it? Now, this brings us to the third section. Pressing on to the goal, the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what motivated Paul to move forward with great strength? He says in verse 14 that I press on towards the goal. Paul has a goal. He has a prize that he's chasing after. Understanding Paul's goal will make meditation on press on easier. Paul has a different goal before he encountered Jesus personally. That was his past. Now he has a new goal. The new goal or prize is Jesus Christ. Now again, Paul has used the sports analogy to explain the goal. The, can I have the next slide? Uh, before that, sorry. I think it's too fast. Before that, yeah. Okay, this is the one. Look, take a look at this uh, photograph, right? Now the goal, the goal here is to follow the one whom the runner looked up in a race. It is the mark towards which the runner runs faster. Now, please look at the photograph on the screen. I'm going to explain this, all right? But some of you would have known. Some of you are runners, I believe. Okay? This is true because my ethnic friend told me that whenever he was behind another runner, he will look at the other competitor who was ahead of him. And he will focus on that person, follow his pace, and chase after him until he caught up and overtook him. Again, I say, follow his pace, 
and chased after him until he caught up and overtook him. Now, the mark or goal for Paul is Jesus Christ. Once this new target is set, Paul chases after it with all his strength and he considers all the earlier achievements as loss and his own righteousness as waste. Paul explains his new inescapable goal, Jesus Christ, in different ways. Because some of you will be wondering, what does chasing after Jesus Christ mean? Right? So Paul, in different parts of uh, his in, the, in different parts of the Bible, Paul explained what it means to chase after Jesus Christ. So it as follows. Paul wanted to get the mind of Jesus Christ, to be nearer to Jesus, to be like Jesus, to grow up into Jesus, to do the work of Jesus, to put on the likeness of Jesus, to partake in the affection of Jesus, to share in the joy of Jesus, to excel in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that is to know Jesus in all fullness. Therefore, for him, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is precisely what Paul has been constantly writing in different books in the Bible saying that, you know, Jesus Christ should be the prize that we should chase after and it, it will motivate us to get out from our comfort zone even in pandemic time. Some is the motivation for us to, to stop the waiting game and to chase after it. Having very definite about the goal, Paul is pressing on towards the goal. That is, Paul is pursuing the goal okay, with concerted effort. Now, another possibly, possible translation of the expression press on is chasing, like I mentioned earlier on. It's earnestly chasing to catch hold of something. Now, in other words, with intense concentration, Paul is running towards the goal. Sometimes press on is translated as straining towards or stretching forward. This again is the language common to sports where athletes stretch beyond normal movements to reach a goal, as I mentioned earlier on. Now, all these different shades of, different shades of meaning that I'm trying to explain to all of us here suggests that Paul's determination to reach the goal was unchangeable, regardless of good or bad times. Now, we have two kinds of goals. One is our earthly goals, and the other is our spiritual goal. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah? Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, often we are caught up with our own goals because we still need to feed our families, right? We still need to pursue our studies, right? We still need to go to university, right? So we have goals in our life. But, rarely find, but we rarely find time to think about Jesus Christ, which is the most important goal in our life, actually. Now, again, I say there's nothing wrong to pursue our own goals, but our priority is Jesus Christ. We should spend more time and make more effort to pursue Christ-likeness than other goals in life. In the life of Paul, interestingly, he has only one goal, which is Jesus Christ. But I think that, that will be another person talking about it. All right? I'm not going to go deep into that. Right? But I, I personally would like to encourage all of us all right, that it's alright to have earthly goals. I mean, it's logical, it's practical. 
But I would like to encourage all of us to consider pursuing a more important goal on top of the earthly goals that we have, which is Jesus Christ. Many times we do not set Christ-likeness as the prize in our life and we do not see becoming more and more like Jesus Christ as attractive as the other earthly goals. Perhaps that's why we are not motivated. Come to think of it, what is eternal? What can we carry with us after we die? The significant purpose of life itself is to live a life that emulates Jesus Christ. This should be our motivation in wanting to strain forward and wanting to press on to achieve a goal regardless of good or bad times. So now, Paul completed the whole picture in giving us the reason for leaving behind the past and straining forward to a hopeful future. He even gave us a reason all right, the price is that we have a meaningful goal to become more and more like Jesus Christ, regardless of good or bad situations. The price is that we should grow spiritually and live a life that emulates Jesus Christ. And this is far more rewarding and joyous than anything the world can give. Are you motivated to chase after Christ-likeness? Are you excited about this goal and reward that pushes you to not wait any longer and to pursue it with all your might? This is not the important part of the sermon. I'm now moving on to the important part. Okay? What I said earlier on is just the appetizer. Now the important part is this. After all these pump-up messages, they've gotten maybe you motivated, hopefully, or excited. You may ask, how are all this relevant to us today? Is it something just good to know, but practically not able to be carried out? In fact, you, we will tell each other, COVID will stay. It will not be removed. It will not, be, it will not disappear. So, so the question that we ask ourselves right now, the important question is this. So if COVID is going to stay for a long time, or maybe forever, who knows, yeah? How then should Christians like us plan to live our life? I, I repeat again. So if COVID is going to stay for a long time, or maybe forever, how then Christians like us, you know, plan to live our life? Are we going to remember how it was like last year and then we get worried and not able to see the hopeful future? What is our goal in, the pan in pandemic time? Are you going to make every effort to grow spiritually even in these uncertain and difficult times? So now we are moving on to the important part of this sermon. Let's talk about practical things and how realistic it can get if we apply what we learn today, right? It's good to know things theologically. It's good to know what God has to say from the Bible. But it's even more important if we know how to apply it practically in our life now in pandemic time. So I'm going to tell you a few stories. 
And from the stories, you'll get to see how we can grow spiritually in pandemic time. Now, next slide, please. Practically, we always talk about time and opportunities. All right, so I'm going to do a comparison. Practically. Now, many of my Singapore colleagues and friends in Indonesia left Indonesia in year 2021 to go back to Singapore. They could not stand the long-drawn lockdowns in Indonesia and Singapore has less restrictions or shorter lockdowns, which make life more livable. Moreover, they trust Singapore's healthcare and they could get their vaccination done properly and also their vacation. <laughs> and they did not have to worry about shortage in bed vacancies in Singapore hospitals. Now, in year 2021, honestly, I was very discouraged when I saw them one by one leaving. And they seemed to have a better life. They seemed to be, in, they seemed to be safe and happy in Singapore. Quality of life in Singapore is definitely better than here. No offence to Indonesians here, yeah? But I think all of us would intelligently guess that it is true. Then I asked myself, as a Singaporean, why am I so foolish to still stay in Indonesia and suffer? I, I noticed that I started to show some signs of depression last year because I felt trapped for too long and could not see how I can be purposefully effective. And how my life in Indonesia in pandemic times can be purposeful, I wonder. I missed home. I miss how life was and the wait for things to turn around seems endless here. Then I remember how I was taught in my youth when the church leaders taught us to seek God and get our basis and reason clear from God before making a major decision in life. Maybe marriage, becoming a parent, relocation to another country or switching jobs. Reason is that if there comes one day when things get difficult or situation did not turn out the way you expected, and you are tempted to regret on your decisions, all right? then you have a basis and reason that comes from God Himself, which you can go back to tell and remind yourself on why you have started in the first place so that you would not give up. It is very powerful. We must always get our basis right and clear from God before we make a major decision. Because when pandemic strikes, there's the time when my faith and everything is being tested. I'm very tempted to go back to Singapore. That's where I was reminded to go back to the basis. So I went back to my basis of why God called me to Indonesia. And then I stopped having thoughts of going back to Singapore. Although many family members and friends told me to go back to my home country. <clears throat> so I'm left with no choice. Right? I'm in Indonesia, right? God tell me to stay in Indonesia, right? But I decided that to be forward-looking, right? Then something good happened. 
in the lockdowns in Jakarta, I had time to read 23, 23 Christian books in two years. In the past, before pandemic, I could hardly finish four books in a year. Yeah. Next, in these two years, I joined the JICF Men's Fellowship and I started serving in the men's ministry, which I did not have time to do before pandemic because even Saturdays I have to work. <laughs> yeah, but now because work from home, right? So I have time. Okay. Also, I had more time to do longer walks frequently in my complex, which I use for my prayers as suggested by one of my brothers here in JICF Fellowship Group. And he's here with us today. Now, I saw myself growing spiritually and I enjoy it just when I thought, I thought that pandemic and the restrictive protocols in Jakarta are going to hinder my growth. Now, surprisingly, my friends who went back to Singapore were telling me that they had so much work and activities these two years that they did not have time for growth. So in hindsight now, next slide, please. In hindsight now, I realise that people can still grow very well spiritually, more than pre-pandemic time, even in a country like Indonesia, here, even at a time like now, pandemic time. Okay, let me repeat myself again. In hindsight now, I realise that people, all of us here, can still grow very well spiritually, more than pre-pandemic time, even in a country like Indonesia, even at a time like now. So if we were to look at this table, better environment like Singapore does not guarantee spiritual growth. So don't wait. Don't wait for things to happen. Uh, don't wait for things to get better. Things get better doesn't mean you will grow spiritually. All right? Just that what is happening in Singapore. At the same time, difficult time and restrictive environment like the one in Indonesia does not mean that one cannot grow. We can still grow. So what does all this mean? It means that it all boils down to the person himself. You and me. Whether this person chooses not to let the past and the current bad situation affect his future or not, whether this person decides to stay in the past or work hard towards the future possibility. It depends on you. I cannot decide for you. Your spouse or parents cannot nag or force you into it. You have to decide for yourself. So what have you decided? To stay at where you are or to be different and grow spiritually? Now, my aim for this sermon and my desire is to challenge all of us to grow spiritually in an exceeding manner in this pandemic time and not just go on a survival mode and wait for a difficult time to be over. Now, if some of you are still undecided, let me attempt to do it one more time. Now, this time, you know, as we always strategize, right? This time, I'll come from another angle. I'm not going to go direct like what I, I did just now. I'm going to come from another angle. 
Now, I wish to talk about what kind of legacy you want to leave for those around you during this pandemic time. People are looking at you, your children, your spouse, your colleagues, everyone are looking at each other. So what kind of legacy would you want to leave all right, in pandemic time? How you choose to live your life in pandemic time has a lasting effect on the family members and those around you. Next slide, please. Now, some of you would have heard about Mr. Eric Little. Many people worldwide would remember him as the athlete who refused to run in the heats for his favourite 100 metres because they were held on a Sunday at the 1924 Summer Olympics in Paris. Instead, he competed in the 400 metres held on a weekday. Now, on the morning of the Olympic 400 metres final, 11 July 1924, Lidl was handed a folded square of paper with a message. And I quote, In the old book, which is the Bible, it says, He that honours me, I will honour. Wishing you the best of success always. Unquote. Recognizing the reference to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2, verse 30, Lido was profoundly moved and encouraged. Although it was not deemed as his favorite event, Eric won that 400 meters race and even set a world record. Many people worldwide are inspired by the way he honored God, by his great faith and obedience to God in the Olympic race. But personally, I'm more inspired by how Eric continued his spiritual race and how he continued to grow spiritually after his 1924 Olympic win. Do you know what happened to him after this? Although he has a bright future as a national hero of England, he chose to go to China as a missionary. On one occasion, he was asked if he ever regretted his decision to leave behind the fame and glory of athletics. And little humbly and candidly responded, It is natural for a chap to think over all that sometimes. All right? But I'm glad I'm at the work I'm engaged in now. A fellow's life counts for, counts for far more at this than the other. He considered what he's doing in China a greater price than what he could have uh, gotten from his Olympic win and stay in England. In 1941, life in China had become so dangerous because of the Japanese aggression that the British government advised the British nationals to leave. But Eric stayed behind because he wanted to trust God and continue doing what God has started in China. Although he sent his wife and daughters to Canada for safety reasons. Now, from that day onwards, Eric suffered many hardships and he continued to serve and reach out to the people in China. The way he lived his life drew many people to Christ. 
although he faced many obstacles and persecutions, he did not give up. Instead, he found creative ways. If this method doesn't work, he think of another method. All right? he, he, he think of creative ways to continue his ministry and help people to grow in faith. Now, Eric died young. He died at the age of only 43. 43. Because of brain tumour. Next slide, please. And his last words were, it's complete surrender. In reference to how he had given his life to God. Now, Eric Little has left a legacy for many who come after him by the way he chose to faithfully run the spiritual race without looking back and he deliberately strained forward and making every effort to make things happen even when times were difficult. As a runner, he would have understood this very clearly. Even like whatever that Paul has written, Eric Little would have understood it because he was a runner and he really lived it up. And again, I repeat, he chose to be faithfully running the spiritual race without looking back and he deliberately strained forward and making every effort to make things happen even when times were difficult. And because of the way he lived his life, many of us here who have read about his story are inspired and this is the legacy that he has left for all of us even though now he's no longer around with us. So what kind of legacy are you leaving for your children, for your spouse, for your family members, for your friends? I believe you care for them. We love them. We love our children. We love our spouse. We care for our friends. And therefore, it's practical. I'm coming from another angle to tell all of us, let's run this race. Let's chase after Christ-likeness. And therefore, the people around us will grow together with us in pandemic time. The, another interesting question is this. Would people just remember you and me as Christians who just survive and do well in earthly sense and then after that go to heaven? Do people just remember us as like this? Or would your loved ones remember you as a Christian who surprisingly grow spiritually even in a difficult and unfavorable pandemic time. And then they themselves are inspired and give glory to God and inspired to experience what you have experienced. And that's how the whole family, the whole church can grow together. So we are not just doing it for ourselves when we pursue Christ-likeness. We are doing it for everyone around us. Now again, I will not stop. But I'll make one more last attempt. Okay? I really want to make one more last attempt to persuade some of you who are still sit sitting on the fence and think that, no, you know, I have too much on my plate. I cannot, you know. I have too much worries. There are too much past. I have too much hurts. Or maybe I'm too afraid because pandemic is scary. I, I just want to wait for bad things to, to stop and then I will carry on. So, let me do one more last attempt to persuade some of you who are sitting on the fence and are still unsure. 
if you should strain forward and make effort to grow spiritually during this pandemic time. So this last attempt, yeah, is going to be very impactful. <laughs> okay, why? Because I'm going to bring it closer to home and talk about an example in Jakarta that happened this year. So if this person has done it and how this person has inspired many and left a legacy, so can every one of us here because we're in Jakarta. We're in pandemic time. Now, there is a brother of Christ in our church who has been faithfully growing and serving. I get to know him better and was encouraged by him when I started joining and serving in the men's ministry. Before that, you know, I know him, I know his name, but we hardly, you know, talk to one another. So ever since I start to serve in the men's ministry, I get to know him better. Now, the interesting thing is this, yeah? He's not exactly very attractive, okay? There's nothing charismatic about him, to be honest. Please don't guess who the person is, all right? There's nothing charismatic. He's, he's a humble guy, quiet in his own ways, and very hospitable, all right? But he's, a, he's really a humble person. So there's nothing charismatic about him. But his desire to be Christ-like inspires me a lot. So in his quiet ways, in his faithful ways, every time when I hear him share on how God has been gracious to him and his family, and hence, to reciprocate, he wants to live his life for God, I would be very encouraged to pursue Christ as how he did. Then we saw brothers in the men's fellowship small groups grow even in these two years of pandemic. Interesting, yeah? In Indonesia, among the men, we started to grow. Now, recently, he had a mouth stroke. I was very sad when I received the news. I was worried for him and his family and thought best that he should take a step back to take care of his health. All right, first. So when I visited him, I felt sad when I saw his physical movements were not like how they were in the past. But he surprised me again. I was, when I visited him, I was sad. But when I left, I was inspired. Why? Because I was encouraged by how he kept his mind and his conversation still very much on how to help the brothers to grow in Christ. He just does not want to stop growing. And he just does not want to stop helping others to grow. Just when most people will be discouraged and take a break from ministry, right? When misfortune happened to their life. My dear brother did not stop. Now, this brother has left a distinct example for his wife, his children, his churchmates, and people around to see and follow. Follow what? Follow the fact that spiritual growth and ministry can still continue exceedingly, whether with pandemic or not, whether with illness or not. We can still pursue. We can still strain forward. Again, I would say, next slide, please. 
Oh, oh no, before that. Oh, you have shown the earlier slide. Yeah? Again, I would say that you are not just doing this for yourself when you pursue Christ. Because how you grow spiritually in difficult times will teach your child, spouse, and people around you on how great God is and how they too can find meaning and purpose in life during trying times like now. Sadly, also, how we do not grow spiritually will also give our children and loved ones the idea of how they too should remain stagnant and discouraged in this long-drawn pandemic. So I'm coming from an angle to tell all of us here to chase after Jesus Christ. We are not just doing it for ourselves, but we are also doing it for our loved ones. Because if we do not grow spiritually, we are actually giving our children the idea that they should remain stagnant and discouraged in this long-drawn pandemic. So rise up. So press on. Make effort to be different from the world and leave a legacy. Next slide. To sum up, people may say that they have no time to read the Bible or pray. Would you then say, I'll make time to talk to God and let Him speak to me daily through prayer and reading His Word. People may say that there are no opportunities because lockdowns and fear of COVID, the spread of COVID. Would you then tell yourself, I'll make effort to create opportunities to reach out via Zoom or join men or women fellowship small groups. And then people may say that they will wait for the situations to get better, wait for the bad things to stop before they pursue spiritual growth, would you then decide to make it happen so that things can really get better for you and your loved ones and hence you leave a legacy for those around you? Make time, make effort, make it happen. Now, how to do it? Start with making time to read the Bible and pray daily. Next, make effort to join a Christian support group, maybe the men's small group or women's small group. Sign up for the upcoming Authentic Manhood series on Saturday for men. Not forgetting the ladies, the weekly Increasing in Christlikeness series. Okay, I'm doing some publicity talk now. But it's, it's good, it's true. Sign up for it. Okay? Do not worry about the past anymore. Do not wait for bad things to stop or for situations to get better anymore. Make it happen. Make it happen today, right now. Please join me as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we need your help not just to keep us safe and healthy in this pandemic time, but we truly need your help to stir our hearts and minds into action, to pursue spiritual growth, to become more and more like Jesus Christ, even now when pandemic is not yet over. Help us not to focus on our fears and worries of the past that may cripple us. Instead, help us to decide to strain forward to pursue the goal and reward that can only be found in Christ Jesus. 
We pray that we will not just stop at listening to this sermon, but we pray that we will apply it in our life. We trust in your love and grace in helping us to grow spiritually, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.